vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs were often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. I'm really, really excited to have our next guest here because we have a little bit of history. We have worked together. Um, Hopefully, we'll be traveling together. And also, we've just kept in touch over the years. And, you know, it's nice sometimes to chit-chat and catch up with a friend, but also just talk business, talk life, and all those great things. So I hope you guys don't mind I'm going to be having probably a lot of fun hanging out with Friday today because not only have we known each other for, you know, for years now, it's really been a great experience seeing the business grow, seeing really where, you know, the business was, especially pre-pandemic. I think for a lot of us, when we think about our business, we think about the evolution. You know, many of our businesses were in one stage and then post-pandemic, it has changed. And for some of us, the change has been interesting. For some of us, the change has been painful. And for some of us, the change has been, you know, a pleasant surprise. And what I'm excited about talking about, you know, today with my my guest, Brady, is talking about the world of travel, talking about the world of travel from a vegan standpoint, and also thinking about the world of travel and how do you incorporate things like activism into it. So if you have not heard of World Vegan Travel, today is the day that you should be bookmarking this podcast. You should be going to the website. You should be thinking about what you want to do as far as travel because the trips, the really just experience that Brighty and stuff offer to the world is just exceptional. But I don't want to jump into too much detail. I don't want to give you give everything away before I just say hello to Bridie, and then I'll give her a chance to give you guys a little bit of background, and then we'll dive into the world of world vegan travel. So number one, Bridie, welcome. So great to see you. Oh, Stephanie, I am so happy to be here and chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just define what is world vegan travel. I mean, most people can kind of assume, but I really think there's a huge differentiation between what you do as far as travel and maybe what everyone thinks. Because often when we think about travel and we think about vegan, sometimes we're thinking about pulling out that backpack. We're thinking about, you know what I mean, jumping, you know, from hotel to hotel. And you know what I mean? It's not so much about the travel experience of, you know, where you're staying, what you're eating. Sometimes it's just physically being there. But I think it's something that's super interesting, exciting, and also just makes you really kind of stand apart from others is what you offer, that that kind of luxury experience, that five-star kind of experience that many of us as vegans have kind of, you know, I hate to say almost given up on because, <laughs> you know, we know how sometimes difficult it is to travel with food and all these things where we've kind of, felt the complications of it all. And I'm just excited to, you know, hear from you how you've changed that, how you've created a travel space, how you've created this travel business that gives many of us as vegans the experiences of a lifetime and doing it in a way where 
we're enjoying the culture, we're participating in culture, we're understanding the culture, and potentially doing some activism. So let me hand the mic over to you. Walk everyone through World Vegan Travel, what it is, what you offer, and what you've been doing. Sure. So at its most simplest form, like World Vegan Travel creates luxury vegan group tours for vegans and the vegan curious. So basically it means we take groups of people on sort of uh, groups that group tours that have been designed by me and Seb, you know, ethical vegans to take these groups of people on these incredible uh, trips around the world to, to various different places, various different destinations. And the reason why we sort of got on into this area is before I was vegan in the early 2000s, I was working, I was um, recruited by Intrepid Travel. They are a small group tour company um, to run tours to various places. And you know, I really like that. I did that for five years. And that was actually where I met my partner, Seb. We, he was a tour leader in Morocco and I was too. And we met and we fell in love. And, you know, fast forward 12 years, we decided to create World Vegan Travel. And we First of all, we collaborated, and we still do collaborate, but it started with collaborating with Colleen patrick a friend of ours, and we we took some of her, her audience to some really amazing um, places. It was Thailand was our first trip that we did, and people really liked the thing that we did, and we decided to, you know, think, well, maybe this is something that we can do full time going to different destinations around the world. And yeah, that's what we did. I should add that Seb has a background in production services He for TV. And as a result, he's like a logistics budgeting guru. He's really, really good at that. And of course, you know, my previous experience in leading tours as well, um, Seb's previous experience leading tours as well, and my education background as well. I, I didn't have much experience in marketing when we started, but um, all of those kinds of skills sort of and backgrounds and experience sort of collided to make World Vegan Travel. And of course, our very much passionate uh, love of veganism as well. Perfect. Now, Let's talk about the experience of it. The reason I bring that up is, you know, when we first started talking, I was like, okay, I get it. Travel, you know, as vegans, you know, or even like you said, you know, maybe people who are vegan curious. But I was so blown away when I started to learn how you do travel. Because I think one of the biggest things that many of us struggle with, especially as vegans, is going into other countries and not always being able to experience the cuisine. Often we are kind of, you know, sidelined because we're trying to make sure it is vegan, that you're almost regulated to very bare bones, very basic things, and sometimes things that you would just eat at home. So you miss out on that aspect. Can you walk us through how, you know, you've really made the food experience not only so welcoming, but something that people rave about? <laughs> yeah, of course. So I, I mentioned that we wanted to focus on luxury group travel. And the reason for that is that I think it was about 2014 or so, Seb started travel hacking. And for those that don't know what that is, it's basically, you know, using your credit card to collect points in a way that, you know, maximizes the points that you get and you get to have some, you know, amazing travel experiences. So 
there was a couple of years where we were doing this and we were really experiencing some very nice luxury travel experiences that that we would not have been normally used of being able to afford at that time. And often we would be quite disappointed, (laughs) quite disappointed with the food that we got and that, you know, the amount of work that we had to do in order to get what we felt, you know, was worth the value of of the points that we were spending, less so the the money that we were spending because we were using points. And, And that was, you know, a little bit irritating, I guess. And, uh, and so, you know, we saw that, that, you know, luxury travelers weren't getting the value that they, you know, that non-vegans were getting. And we thought, well, you know, maybe if we can just sort of work directly with hotels and, you know, using the power of numbers that you get when you are taking over a hotel for one week, for example, 25 people, you know, maybe you might be able to sort of leverage a little bit more than than you would if you were just a, a solo traveller, definitely. So that was, I guess, sort of the, the, the main premise behind, you know, what if we could do this? What if we could really work with hotels, work with non-vegan restaurants? And, you know, sometimes we go to vegan hotels and vegan restaurants too, and of course that's a lot easier, but um, maybe there's a way that we can work with these non-vegan hotels and restaurants and get them to sort of up the game a little bit. And, you know, with the right incentives, i.e. it's worth their while, and with help and support, they often surprise themselves in terms of um, the, the variety of the kinds of food, you know, how they can veganize traditionally non-vegan versions of the food. And as a result, give our travelers an amazing experience where the traditional, the, the national cuisine, the regional cuisine is actually you know, very, very good indeed and a really great vegan equivalent of what might not necessarily be vegan in the first place. And I love that. I love that you're saying that because it's such a different experience when, especially you've been traveling, you know what I mean, you're tired, you know, you want to come down to breakfast the next day and it'd be inviting as opposed to it's the part-time job of the trip. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to come down and not just that, but the staff is ready for you. They're ready for the questions. They're ready for, you know, things are labeled, you know, it's, it's, it feels like, you know, everyone's working together to have an amazing trip as opposed to sometimes when you travel, you're almost feeling like the friction between what you're asking and you're hoping for and maybe where Mm -hmm. you're staying, you know, you're just, Mm -hmm. it's creating more of a divide than this amazing experience. So I'm really, really happy to hear you know, how much time you put into that. And anyone who is curious, they can follow you on social media because it's always great to see the food. Even if I haven't been on the trips, I know what I love looking at it and just being just delighted, a little bit hungry, but (laughs) excited about seeing, you know, seeing those possibilities. So let's talk about the business. Let's talk about kind of the background around it for a couple of reasons, because I think for a lot of our listeners, many people struggle with that differentiation. Many people feel like, don't I want to build a business that everyone can, you know, do, that everyone can participate in? You know, should I kind of create this option where, you know, I'm not restricting this group or that group? And I think for a lot of people that sends them down a road where sometimes they end up with a business that's so general and generic that it's hard for people to choose them over, you know, other options. So walk through maybe how you made that decision and how did you gain confidence in saying that, 
it definitely makes sense to go this luxury five-star route. This is definitely our space so that, you know, you didn't kind of feel maybe that tug of war that sometimes us as business mm-hmm. owners will feel in our businesses because we, we, we're we not sure how to differentiate, not to leave anyone behind, but know that we need to do it. And, you know, we just kind of go back and forth and have that inner turmoil. How did you manage that and come out on top with a unique offering? Yeah, that's a really great question. So it really did sort of come down to personal interest that we wanted to focus on luxury travel. And part of that is because both Seb and I have traveled a lot through our work and through our personal lives. Seb, for example, he did a 18-month trip where he traveled overland from Thailand to um, Turkey, only having to get on a plane one time. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, he wasn't vegan then, but, you know, let's just say he did his time of very, very cheap hotels. And he will say quite, uh, quite happily that I've done my time in, in those kinds of places. I'm a little bit older now, a little bit the same for me. You know, I, when I was working for the Trepid, we certainly stayed in less, less nice accommodations. You know, we felt that if we were able to sort of focus on a luxury product, we, we knew for a fact there weren't any, wasn't anybody in that space. And, you know, we also realized and um, maybe there was some luck and the connections that we had helped in this area. I'm, I'm not sure. But the fact that we had had this this interest in luxury travel and working with Colleen, whose brand is sort of a little bit more that way, I would say. And also realizing that, you know, people who are generally speaking a little bit older, they have a little bit more of disposable income. They're often more sort of in a professional arena. They have maybe much less time off than backpackers or people who who have a lot more time. They're at a different place in their lives. And they're at the point of their lives where they really just want somebody else to do the work and do the efforts so that actually when they are on their holiday, they can just sit back and relax and enjoy and not have to wonder, am I going to be able to find anything to eat? Or, you know, I've paid this amount of money. I should be able to get what I have paid for. I should get good value for that. And, you know, I want to come back from my holiday sort of well-rested and relaxed and feel like I've had a holiday rather than feeling like I've had to work. I mean, just, just like anyone, really, whether you're vegan or not, once you get to a certain age, if you have the means to do so, it's nice to to do that. So um, does that answer your question? Absolutely, yeah, because okay. you found specifically a group of people that had a need, that they that they needed this kind of service and the idea is that you fulfilled it and you've experienced it yourself. You've understood, you know, that there is a time and place where some of us want to backpack, we want to stay at, you know, the least expensive hotel possible, you know, I'm only going to be there a few hours, I just need a place to crash kind of thing. But at certain stages, we want something different, or we're looking for something different. And the idea that having a business that can help that group achieve what they're looking for in a vacation, I think is key. So absolutely, absolutely answered it. The one thing I also want to talk about is the activism side of things. I think when people think about travel, they don't really always think about activism within travel. Also, when running a business, for many of our people who are entrepreneurs who are following this, you know, it's a challenging thing on how do I bring in my activism into my business? You know, is this the right place for it? You know, am I preaching too much? Am I doing this? 
How did you guys kind of manage that and find your way towards what were the right options and ways to incorporate it into travel? Sure. I think there's a few things that we do that are, it's, it's pretty grassroots, I will say, you know, it's, it's sort of on, on the ground, working with potential hotels, working with potential restaurants, as I mentioned before. And it's very interesting just how they react. I mean, for example, when we are going to work with a hotel, you know, we have to find a hotel that meets our needs and that is well located and the right standard and we think is charming and all of those things. And of course, the next question we have to ask is, we're a vegan group. Are you interested in having us? And, you know, I'll think about it and we'll say, well, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. If you if you don't know much about this already, these are the kind of standards that we would expect. Are you up for the challenge? And very, very rarely do hotels say, no, no, we're not. So, you know, the grassroots sort of activism is often, you know, sometimes starting from scratch, like what actually is vegan does vegan mean? And then, of course, it can be. I'm thinking about our France hotel. That's the always, always the one that pops into my mind because France traditionally does not have many accidentally vegan dishes. I can only think of ratatouille as the accidentally vegan dish in that's French in France. And you know, it's connecting them with suppliers of like vegan products, or teaching them, or introducing them to certain cooking techniques and often it's related to finding you know resources in the language that they are more most comfortable in you can imagine that not many chefs in France would probably be inclined to look at an English cookbook about French recipes they would want French ones or French YouTubers to follow for example things like that so you know it's it's pretty hands-on and there are some we've had some really lovely feedback from hotels that they were really surprised at just how delicious the food was and that you could, could do this and it was possible. And sometimes it translates to keeping vegan items on the menu afterwards and, you know, hopefully making things a little bit easier for future vegan guests, I hope. So there's that element of it. It's bringing awareness, it's education. It's, you know, the fact that we we do have certain standards means that a tomato sauce pasta probably isn't going to cut it, you know. Yeah. We do want a certain level of things. And also we try to, try to, we do, we make sure that there is some sort of element of animal protection in our trips as well. So for example, we always make sure that we go and visit a sanctuary and we make donations on behalf of our travellers to the sanctuary that we're going to. Um, to visit and learn about and you know what one thing that we do on our trips is all donations and tips and uh, laundry even is included so so you know our travelers don't need to worry about that you know we say to them a donation has been made in your on your behalf to this sanctuary so that's kind of interesting and another thing that I really like that we do as well is that we try to invite people who are doing things interesting in the animal protection movement onto our trips to participate in some way. So an example would be in Rwanda, a gorilla doctor coming and doing like a short presentation about the work that they do. And of course, you know, they are compensated or a donation is made to the organisation. So they the gorilla doctor does a presentation about the work that they do, which is always very interesting. And then we invite them to have dinner where our travellers can, you know, ask follow-up questions 
that kind of thing. Or another example is in, again, Alsace in uh, France, we invited some people who were doing some really interesting things, you know, often very grassroots as well, trying to, you know, work with the local French authorities to try to help veganize school lunch programs, for example. And, you know, it's very interesting to hear about. And so we give them a little bit of money as well to help them do their work. So I guess those are really like the main things that we do as a company. But we also, something that if people are interested in is I'm working with other people in the vegan travel space where we are creating a vegan travel association. And that's going to be doing some interesting things. We hope that we will be able to to help non-vegan companies, for example, uh, certain brands or certain hotels and giving them the tools and resources that they need to try to make their, their offerings a little bit more vegan friendly as well. So that's the Vegan Travel Association. So hopefully that will be a little bit more sort of scalable and we'll be able to help more hotels increase their vegan offerings. And I love that because that allows not only a great experience for when you're there, but it allows you to take those best practices, those things that you've learned and be able to apply it and then offer it to a larger audience of people who are part of the association to help spread that knowledge. Because I think often these barriers that many of the hotels, many of the chefs, many people have, it's not always that they don't want to do it. Sometimes they just don't know how to do it, how to do it in a cost-effective way, how to do it in a way that is still in line with their goals. And I think mm-hmm. having, you know, the association help with that and then also through your partnership with them, I think is brilliant because, you know, like you said, it allows for scaling. And I think as business owners, as entrepreneurs, you know, we really want to change the world and to change the world, you know, it can't just be on like, you know, two people's backs like you and Seth, or, you know what I mean? Or even, you know, just everyone who's even in the travel space, you know, the idea is that we need more people and we have to package that information in a way so that they can spread the knowledge and spread the information. So I'm so, so happy to hear about that. So let's talk about running the business. Let's talk about the, the ups, the downs, the fun. And also, I mean, you've had some, I'm going to call them recent just because I get so excited about it, but you know, you've had some recent and even, you know, things that have been spread out over time, just successes that, you know, maybe if, you know, as everyone said, if you were writing a letter to like yourself (laughs) three years ago, (laughs) four years ago, five years ago, you know, if you were like, you know, time travel in a sense, and you could say, (laughs) you won't believe it, but by this year, this will happen. You know, let's talk through those experiences, those emotions. Let's talk about some of the highs and let's talk about some of the things that were maybe lows, but how, you know, you managed through those, because I know many of us had lows during the the pandemic, especially anyone who's in the hospitality um, space. Mm, Of course. Well, I do want to spend just a moment crediting you, Stephanie, because I do think the work that I did with you at the start of all of this has put the pieces in place for us to be where we are right now, which, you know, isn't a big, huge business, but certainly doing well, doing better. And when I look back at our initial meetings that we had together and, you know, we were talking about, you know, doing these, putting together, creating content. And, I, you know, it's something as simple as that. I was like, 
why, why do I need to do that? And and uh, I, I just I just didn't understand. I mean, I had literally never done any marketing before, and it was. I like this thing that you were saying about, you know, being able to send a letter back to yourself and just trust the process, I would say. Trust the process because it did take quite a long for me, long time for us to see these little wins. And maybe the pandemic was, you know, they would have happened more quickly had that pandemic not happened at the time that it did. But it definitely, um, definitely we are starting to see some wins now. So I did want to mention that because you were so key in, in all of those things. And yeah, so where should I start? Should I talk about like the wins that we've had and what I think helped make those wins happen? Absolutely. Be I think that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, I guess uh, some wins that we've had in the past year that I think were kind of surprising. And when I look back and I, and then when I look back and think about what must have I done to get those wins. So first of all, the wins. So I think something that really, really surprised us was our little mention in the New York Times about um, 12 months ago, 13 months ago, I think. It was a big feature that the New York Times did on the topic of vegan travel generally. And, you know, we were mentioned a small bit in there and we just saw a big jump in the number of newsletter subscribers and of course that backlink was very nice as well um and other sort of big sort of wins I would say was uh, I was very surprised when Peter put together like a little a little award where they uh for animal friendly safaris and of course you know by animal friendlies it means not putting undue stress on the animals when you're going to visit them in in Africa for example there's a small part of it but it's also being consistently animal friendly by not having animals on the menus and all of these things and as a result we were lucky enough to be among five companies that were this that sort of won this award and as a result we got quite a lot of other press and backlinks we were interviewed five times in an hour for CBC Provincial Radio just a couple of weeks ago. And of course, these have had some, some really nice little knock-on effects as well. So when I think about like what must have led to those two things, I think it was probably, I mean, I, I can't know for sure. I just think it's probably a mixture of these things and just doing them consistently is, you know, just working on our SEO um, by creating content feels like a slog, I will say, when it comes to creating content and trying to sort of rank highly, rank rank as high as possible for certain keywords. And I can imagine that the person who wrote that New York Times article basically just Googled vegan travel and had a bit of poke around and saw what was there and then and then created their article that would have been the starting point for who to contact for that article. So certainly, you know, SEO, I'm really seeing that a lot of people who send us inquiries these t- these days are people that have found us directly on Google, which must mean whether we rank high for certain phrases, I, I would say. And for me, the, the podcast, my podcast that I have, the World Vegan Travel Podcast, which is just about to celebrate its 100th episode, and it was you, Stephanie, 
that that encouraged me and nudged me through all of those little hurdles and like um, ba mental barriers that I had for creating something like this. And now we are nearly 100 episodes um, on. And this has been really helpful to push me out of my comfort zone um, and get me talking to people because certainly in the past, networking felt a little bit fake to me. I, I've, I've evolved in my thinking about that now. I've, I'm not quite so resistant to the sort of more traditional ways of networking. I can do that a little bit more easily now. And that's probably partly because I've been talking about my business and um, for a couple of years now, and it doesn't feel so difficult. But the podcast has really allowed me to just connect with so many people in the vegan travel space and not in the vegan travel space but in the vegan space as well and you know just by these conversations they get to know what we do and I get to know what they do and has some mutual benefits I guess the last thing I would say is like just building that email list this was something that you and I worked on a lot at first and you know we literally started from scratch and you know it's like what do I put in this email list I don't have that many things to say and at first it's hard it feels a little bit um it felt to me and it probably wasn't I would struggle to come up with ideas and eventually you know you started to you start to have created a lot of content that you're able to add this in a way that feels aligned and in sync and helpful so that you're providing something of value to people at the same time as you know helping them helping them to get to know you a little bit more and hopefully feel comfortable to um, want to book a trip with us because you know our, our trips are not cheap people need a lot of and uh, this is something that you mentioned several years ago and I it took me so long to really internalize that is that people need to feel very comfortable if they're gonna drop thousands and thousands of dollars on a one-week trip it's it's a big deal not only the money but the investment of their time as well they only have a couple of weeks holiday a year they want to know that they're gonna get good value from it. So, oh, that was a lot. I hope that was okay. But there were some wins that I've had and some things that I think got me to have those wins. <laughs> no, that was perfect because you gave a great examples and tactical things that people can actually do today and giving them examples of how that turned out into such, you know, wonderful coverage. And like you said, how that coverage creates more coverage. I think for a lot of us, you know, we, we forget sometimes that, you know, you don't just have have one big thing. One big thing can start to kind of mushroom out into other opportunities and also create other experiences. And also, I love that you talked about the podcast because it's the same thing for me, me doing these podcasts, doing these interviews. It makes me more comfortable in other interviews. It makes me more comfortable in my presentations. It's so interesting how these skills become like transferable into other things. Because when you do get, you know, the New York Times knocking or, you know, when someone says, hey, I want to interview you, you feel much more comfortable being able to talk about it and referencing things. So I'm so, so glad um, you shared that. So we're a little bit past the half hour. So I, we're going to probably wrap up here. But I want to make sure that, number one, 
let's give them the website. Let's give them your social media handles just so that if people want to get in touch with you, people are interested in travel, interested in the travel association, you know, whatever path they're taking to get there. I just want to make sure they have website, social media and email address if, if there is one. Of course, of course. So it's wellvegantravel.com and wellvegantravel on all of the social media platforms. You can find our podcast. I think that's probably the most interesting way to know, um, to learn more about what we're doing, but also, you know, meeting other people in the space. That's uh, the Well Vegan Travel podcast. And uh, you can email us at info at wellvegantravel.com joining our mailing list, uh, which we have an opt-in on our website. You can just drop me a line and I'm happy to add you. And we send out weekly emails about every week talking about what's going on in the vegan travel space. And for the Vegan Travel Association, we do have a website, uh, vegantravelassociation.com, but it's still very, very, it's not quite finished yet. So it's not looking brilliant yet, but uh, we do have several events throughout the year. We just finished our vegan travel summit in January and we'll be doing lots of mini summits throughout the year so um, people can learn about what's going on there. Um, Also by joining our mailing list because of course I talk about all of those those little mini summits in our email marketing email newsletter as well. Perfect, perfect. I really hope people are going to reach out, start following the podcast which is definitely, definitely a winner. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. Obviously, just following you on social media so people can, you know, plan, get excited, and maybe even look forward to hopefully taking a trip with you soon. So as we wrap up, I normally ask people different things about lessons learned and things like that. And while we can talk a little bit about lessons learned, I did want to touch on one thing that you do that I think is pretty unique in your business is that when you're looking at having a new trip, you gauge interest. And the reason I bring that up is for many people who are entrepreneurs, there's always the hard thing about like, how do you launch a new product, a new service, a new plan, or in your case, a new trip. So I don't know if you want to talk about some of the new trips you have planned and why you have this process in place to help you really solidify, you know, what's the next big thing? Because I, I think there might be some, you know, some nuggets in there for our listeners as they start to look at new offerings or what to do next. Sure, sure. So a lot of the time when we choose where we're going to go next or the kind of trip that we're going to do next, we will often gauge interest by um, putting together like a quick little Google form in terms of, are you interested in this destination? Or how interested are you in there, that destination? Um, and, you know, what sort of things would you like to see included? And I think it just, first of all, it gets people primed and, and re- ready, I would say. And we've been able to get some really interesting data from that. For example, we kind of thought, well, that maybe it might be interesting to run family trips because um, we, we, we knew already that that was interesting because we had had people sending us inquiries about that. But from this little survey form that we sent out, we found that um, a lot of people were interested in Costa Rica. And that makes kind of sense, really, because, you know, it's not too far from North America. Most of our following is in North America, particularly the United States. It's not too far to travel with kids. And, you know, you, you're not going to have very expensive airfares that with like four or five people. It's, it's, maybe a little bit more manageable for people. And that was really interesting data. And because of that, you know, we're really looking to 
we're really looking, looking for, to put forward, put together a family trip to Costa Rica in 2024. And, you know, we, we kind of, you know, get people sort of sorted out in, in buckets, um, for want of a better word, in our email marketing platform so that, you know, we'll be able to let people know specifically who's shown interest, you know, what where we are at that stage in the process. And this is also particularly the case for Japan. We've got like 350 people that are really interested in Japan. And, you know, we're, we're about to go to Japan to do the research. Japan was closed for a couple of years during the pandemic. I'm sure people are a little bit aware of that. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to being able to target them specifically, letting them know updates about where we are in terms of that, giving them some little sneak peek behind the scenes things, bits and pieces when we're doing our our scout trip in April and just getting people ready so that and excited so that when the trip does go live, you know, hopefully we'll have a little bit of a, a bang. And we do give these people that have shown interest the, you know, a little bit of, they get first offers of the trip as well. So they are in the case of a high demand trip that we hope Japan will be, they will be guaranteed a spot on that because they have been offered it that and that's kind of like their reward for showing interest and in in this trip right at the beginning so I guess that's how we've sort of structured it and um yeah it's 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 a lot of fun and whenever we put an update about Japan for example people people message back saying when we want to know when is it going to be relaunched we just want to make sure that we're there sitting at our computer at the moment that it gets launched and you know to, to see that sort of anticipation is is very comforting and exciting for us too absolutely that is so exciting I mean I think that's kind of like the dream for a lot of entrepreneurs to have that demand and have that interest. And like you said, be able to understand what people want and be able to deliver on it. That's just so, so, so exciting. So I can't wait to hear about the Japan trip. That's one of those like fun facts about me that most people don't know that like I got one of my undergrad degrees in Japanese. (laughs) So yeah, Japan is one of those like second homes for me. It was when I was like five years old, I was like, I'm going to go live in Japan and work in Japan. And I got the chance to do it, which was amazing being able to go to, you know, Tokyo, Kyoto wow. and a couple other places. So I love, love, love Japan and the culture and the people. So I'm so excited to see when you launch that as well. But thank you so much for joining me today. We went over a little bit, but I expected it because we have so much to catch up on and talk. So might have to have you back again because we didn't cover everything. But it was wonderful to hear about the success. It's wonderful to hear about the work you're doing. Like you said, grassroots works around activism. It's wonderful to hear about the um, travel association and how you're working to really scale things and move things to a point where, you know, the work that you're doing can go into many different kind of nooks of the world. And as always, It's great to see how much, you know, World Vegan Travel has grown and changed over the years. It's just such a beautiful thing. I think you have such an amazing business. And then I just think you're amazing too. (laughs) But it's just been so good for us to chit chat. And I hope everyone who's listening today, whether you listened live or you listened to this as a replay, I hope you've enjoyed it too, because it's so exciting to be able to travel as a vegan, to be able to travel, enjoy the food participate in the culture, and also protect animals. I mean, just being able to do that is such a 
amazing thing to be able to do. And for many of us, that was not possible, you know, before World (laughs) Vegan Travel. So thank you. Oh, oh, thank you, Stephanie, for your kind words. Yeah, I definitely think how you guided me in the first couple of years that we were working together definitely played a huge role into where we are today. Still a young business, but excited about the future. And I just want to thank you for all of the help and support you've given me in the so many ways that you have done that. It's, it's really meant a lot. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And like I said, thank you for everyone who's listening to this. Please, please, please check out World Vegan Travel. You will be amazed and just blown away with what is offered um, offered there. So thank you, everyone. I also just want to remind you, if you have comments, if you have questions or anything like that, feel free, put them in the comments. Even if you're listening to this as a replay, we will pass them over to our guests or we will try to answer them for you um, and take care of you because I know not everyone can join us live, but we love, love, love when you do listen to this as part of our podcast, watch these on YouTube or share them on social media. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you on our next interview. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session, so I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.